Hey, folks, thanks for joining me for this episode of the Embellish Podcast, a podcast focused on product stories, product storytellers, interesting brand ambassadors, and any other tangent that I happen to come up with. Whether you're a fan of a bourbon or a geek or a casual observer of the brand um, or someone just floating through this channel, you're sure to waste a few minutes listening to what I have to say, and I hope you find it interesting. Uh, if you got to hear about chance, please take a moment to hit the subscribe button. I can be found on any podcasting platform that exists. And if you can't find me on a platform, send me an email at embellishpod at gmail.com and I'll try to get that taken care of. I also generally live stream the recording of any episode on YouTube on Wednesday nights around 930. And as you can tell, tonight is a special situation. So you can find all of my links on Instagram at embellishpod or Twitter or Facebook with the same handle. I have a website. It's www.embellishpod.com. That is also a place to pick up these links, episode details, and even some one-off tasting notes. Today is Monday, January the 31st, 2022, and we're going to be talking to Chris Blattner of the Urban Bourbonist and Bourbon Charity. Chris, thanks for joining me tonight. John, thanks so much for having me. Really appreciate it and uh, looking forward to our conversation. For sure. Um, I'm, I'll be honest, whenever I did, I, I was telling you this before we got on, uh, when I sent this message out uh, asking if you would join me, I fully expected a no, not necessarily because of any type of uh, an air that you happen to carry or you know anything like that. I know that time is valuable and you have to make sure that whenever you use it, um, you use it wisely. And sometimes small platform guys aren't really a huge win for you. Um, but then I forget, you know, this is, this is the bourbon community. It's an incredibly open, easily accessible um, and, and sometimes, sometimes it just sort of works out. So at any point I ask anything that you're not interested in talking about, absolutely call it out. We don't have to dance around anything. Um, but I think I already know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask it anyways. What are you drinking tonight? Well, I am going to pop this for the first time tonight. Uh, it's a blue note juke joint whiskey, uh, single barrel. Uh, this one happened to be picked by uh, some friends of mine, Dad's Drinking Bourbon, and um, I think the local distributor there in uh, Nashville. Um, so I'm interested to try this. I've had like the um, standard offering of the Juke Joint whiskey, and it's it's really, really nice, really good. I'm just expecting this to be uh, that on steroids, basically. It's um, 114 proof, uncut, unfiltered. It's a two-barrel blend, so looking forward to this yeah usually uh, and from the best i don't have any of their 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 bottles but what zeke and john usually um pick is usually pretty fantastic i see you've got the asian and ornique glass yeah those things those things are fantastic um i'm going to start tonight with uh, a single barrel as well this one is going to be a sagamore uh, spirit rye and it happens to be picked by leo soda uh -huh. shop get right? out of here yeah, so a, a guy happened to um, mule a bottle for me, a guy that lives in Chicago that goes by the name of Chris Blattner, and I truly <laughs> appreciate that. Um, we, we hooked up through Instagram, and I've shared this yes. with a number of people, and they absolutely love this thing. I'm glad to hear it. That's that's awesome. I should have I should have grabbed my bottle of that and drank it uh, drank it with you. Maybe uh, maybe my next pour. Right. Um, we, we may flip flop because I do have a blue note. Uh, a juke joint single barrel behind me so we'll oh nice we may flip-flop that um but that is so that's actually how i knew who you were first uh, as urban bourbonist um, and you've been developing that profile for a while what i know why i did it why did you like what what pushed you into this 
Um, into the the whole social media Instagram type of world. Yes. Um, I got into that just uh, basically I was getting into like really starting to get into whiskey just um, a few summers ago. And uh, I'd always, you know, always had a couple of bottles of whiskey around and on my shelf, but I was more of a, a craft beer guy. Mm -hmm. And uh, just was really into craft beer, but started to kind of sour on it a little bit just because of a lot of the uh, a lot of the different changes that were happening in craft um, craft beer and kind of getting out of control, I thought, with like the different, uh, you know, milkshake things and flavored the different, the different uh, finishes that they happen to be doing in craft beer at the time. Yes. Yeah, so the film mildly familiar now. Exactly. Yes. Happen. So I, um, you know, decided I'm, I'm looking at these two bottles of whiskey that I've always had around on my bar, which happened to be uh, old granddad uh, bottled in bond and uh, Rittenhouse rye bottled in bond. Two solid and I'm, yeah, those were like my, the, the staple bottles that I always had had. And you know what? I was like, I'm going to start following some people on the, on Instagram that mm -hmm. are like whiskey people and just start exploring a little bit and diving a little bit deeper into those two bottles. And after, I don't know, a couple of months of kind of being a voyeur and, and uh, watching, you know, people post and talk about whiskey. Uh, I really just started getting into it uh, a lot. It picked up, you know, some bottles that I had saw that people we're recommending. And then after a while, I just was like, you know what, this is, this is a lot of fun. I like the conversations that are going on. Um, I like learning about all these, all these different uh, types of whiskey. I'm going to, you know, start my own page as like an outlet. I was looking for kind of a creative outlet at the time too. And um, I said, what the hell, I'll, I'll start an Instagram page and start, you know, sharing my thoughts and just, interacting with with the community and um it's it's been absolutely incredible you know just being able to meet so many different people online and and have had the pleasure of meeting um so many people now in in person that i had originally met through instagram which is absolutely insane to me and uh just just a, a whole lot of fun and I'm super grateful for like what Instagram has been, has like done for, for me in, in my life, really, in terms mm -hmm. of creating new friendships and creating a, a place where I could learn um, about this thing that we all love, you know, you know, I'd always been into whiskey, but not like really deep dive right. into it. And, and I've been able to do that now over the past several years and, it's it's been incredible so you mentioned that this is a this is part of a creative outlet um in in your normal day-to-day -day work do you do creative things or do you not do creative things and so you need that because you're not uh doing it in your day-to-day -day work i do some creative things in my day-to-day -day work so i actually am lucky i have i'm able to work with my wife uh, she's a small business owner uh, in the nutrition field she's a dietitian. Um, so I work along with her in that as like my full-time 
uh, day job. And yeah, there's opportunities there to do. I do some stuff with her social media and um, we get creative with, with recipes because she's um, always cooking up uh, something different to share with, um, with her followers on social media and with clients of hers. So yeah, I do have some, some creativity there, but um, I'm, I, my background is in like, is in journalism. I have a, a degree in broadcast journalism and uh, did a little bit of writing after I got out of college for some small uh, newspapers in southeastern Wisconsin. Um, so I've always had that like kind of draw to like journalism. And I feel like the Instagram page gives me that opportunity to, I don't know, report my, my mm -hmm. feelings about um, what I'm drinking and talk about, you know, report on what I'm, what I'm experiencing and drinking and, and, um, yeah, it's been great. And I've, you know, been able to do a, a lot of really cool things on there and have some great conversations. I do a, a thing occasionally called the Urban Bourbon Hour, and I've been able to do a lot of interviews with di different distilleries and people from those distilleries, which gets back to like that whole journalism kind of aspect as well. So I, I love it for that reason. I like that. Instagram is a form of journalism. Yes. You know, we've, We've had some conversation before back and forth through uh, Instagram Messenger about, you know, influencers and, and what exactly this this thing is that that people happen to do, because it almost feels like a, a vanity project. And I had to rearrange my screens because I kept looking over here because that's where you were. But the camera's over here, so it looks like I'm just staring <laughs> off into space. So uh, sorry about that. And, uh, no, no worries. Attentive. It's just multi. I work in software, and so I have a bunch of screens here, and so I end up looking at the wrong direction. It doesn't work out so well. So, um, so my first interaction with you specifically, which I mean, it wasn't directly with you. Um, I joined a uh, bourbon charity bingo, and I think it was right before Christmas of 2020. Um, could have been right after Christmas of 2020. Not entirely sure. And it's it's a distinct memory for me, and maybe it is or isn't for you. It was right after Zoom had launched their um, ability to draw on the screen. Oh, yeah. Right. And so that was a super entertaining evening for me. But um, was it as frustrating for you as it looked or was it like you were just like, ah, we'll just roll with the punches? I think at first we were, it was like, what's, what's going on here? I didn't even know that that was something that you could do on Zoom. So in kind of in the background, a lot of us that were like the the people speaking during that uh, bingo night were like messaging each other, like, what is going, like, what is going on? Like, how do we take care of this? Because I think, you know, people were drawing some inappropriate, uh, yes. uh, sh inappropriate shapes on the, uh, on mm -hmm. the screen. But then I think after a while, it was just like, you know, what, what are we going to do? You know, <laughs> it's, it's sort of like when you have that one kid that's always in class that's being disruptive. The more attention you give them, the more likely they are to continue to be disruptive. And I noticed once you guys backed off of just saying anything, everybody sort of died off of it. But it was something in, because once the pandemic hit, my office shut down. So I've been working remotely for pretty much that entire time until now. And it was something they literally released like three or four days before. So um, you guys just slid it in time to be able to experience the full um the full monty so to speak yeah exactly and it was so it was entertaining it was a good time and absolutely um 
how long have you been directly involved with Bourbon Charity? Um, I've been involved really since the beginning. So uh, I was an ambassador for the first couple years that the, the charity was um, in existence. Uh, I had seen, of course, uh, again, on Instagram, um, I had seen Brandon Hunt, who is the, the founder of Bourbon Charity, um, posting about uh, a fundraiser he was doing with his own whiskey bottles. And I reached out to him like immediately and was like, hey, this is really, you know, this is really cool that you're doing this. If there's anything that I can do to, you know, help in any way, just let me know. And uh, he was like, hey, you know, if you can just tell people about it, you know, and that's, that's good for now. Like, he didn't really have a plan. It was just, he had some, some things going on in his life. His father had, had gotten uh, prostate cancer and uh, a friend of his uh, had a child that had uh, these tumors that they didn't know what was going on. And he just felt moved to do something, to try to do something about it. And he's looking at his whiskey collection going, you know, I know these bottles are worth a lot of money. Maybe, maybe I could, you know, sell a few of these or auction them or, or whatever, and just raise some money and give to, um, these charities that, that might be able to do some, some help for people, which happened to be, uh, the prostate, uh, cancer foundation and, um, children's tumor foundation were the first two charities that were uh, supported by bourbon charity. And they've been pretty much, I think they've been, uh, one of the, core charities from the beginning, like every year they've been, they've been a part of, of what we do and they're just really great partners and uh, really great doing really great work as well. And we're, we're happy that, um, you know, to be able to, to write a check to them once or twice or three times a year and, and help them, you know, accomplish what they're, what they're trying to do. And, and that's really, that's what bourbon charity is about when when you boil it down is that we are we are trying to mobilize the generosity of this community into bourbon charity and then and then taking that generosity and distributing it to all of these other uh, charitable groups that are that are that have these incredible missions to help other people and um I think it's so cool to be able to, to do that and to, and to, you know, get this community rallied around what we're doing and to be able to make the, the impact that, that we have over the past few years has just been, it's really been awesome. If, if people have been following along from the beginning, there's been some absolutely amazing things done over the last few years. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, you know, uh, you mentioned Brandon and it, it's, it's, it's kind of unique. Um, there's another podcast that I've, I've done a couple of guest hosting episodes with, uh, it's called chill filtered. Uh, it's a couple of guys, uh, from out. Well, one of them just moved back East. Um, but they actually reviewed uh, some whiskey today that Brandon had actually shared with them himself. And so you see this, this kind of through line that exists, um, with Brandon, with bourbon charity and with largely the bourbon community where, um, when there's a need that arises, people seem to to be very willing to meet that. 
Um, yeah, we all participate in the bingos and the raffles with the hopes that we win a bottle. But at the end of the day, nobody feels bad, or at least for my part, you know, I've, I've been participating with Bourbon Charities since I think July of 2020. And I've never once second guessed any money I've given, whether I win something or not, because at the end of the day, it's going to a, a positive cause. It's, it's got some benefits. Um, and one of the folks in the chat asked this and I actually had it on here. So we'll go ahead and hop to it. Um, are there any more bingo nights or those type events planned in the, in the future? Yes, we do. So uh, we just kind of finalized everything that we're going to be doing in uh, 2022. So um, for people that are just learning about Bourbon Charity tonight or watching this on a recast, um, we have, you know, typically what we want to do in this whole idea of mobilizing the, the generosity of the, the whiskey community is we also want everyone that is involved with the charity that donates to the charity to have a say in where this money is going. So we're actually allowing also our donors and, and anyone that, that wants to, to, you know, we pre-select some categories of, of charities and then allow everyone to vote on where they want the money to go. So everyone has some ownership over what bourbon charity is doing. We are the bourbon community. So we want, you know, the community to have a say in, in the charities that we're supporting. With all that being said, we just selected uh, 10 charities uh, for 2022 that we're going to be supporting. We'll support uh, beyond that throughout the course of the year, but those will be the ones that you'll be seeing popping up on a regular basis throughout all of our planned fundraisers this year. So we're doing in March, we're doing a Brackets for Bourbon fundraiser. We did that for the first time last year. So we'll have people buy um, a bracket for the NCAA tournament. You fill that out, you enter it in. We'll set this up through, I think, probably an ESPN site. And uh, we'll have, of course, bottles of whiskey and some other fun prizes in there along the way as the tournament progresses until we get to a winner. So that's the first thing we're going to be doing in in March. And then um, we'll be doing uh, Kentucky, Burbi Kentucky Derby and Mother's Day um, fundraiser. That will be an online sweepstakes, which people uh, will be familiar with. That's, that's kind of been our main fundraising uh, way to raise funds uh, over these last few years is through that uh, sort of online sweepstakes style um, bourbon raffle. And the Derby and Mother's Day fall on the same weekend this year. So kind of kind of combine those two into a fundraiser. Then here's where the bingo nights come in. In uh, June for Father's Day, we're going to be doing two bingo nights. Uh, the Friday and Saturday of Father's Day weekend. I believe it's June 17th and June 18th. So we're um, going to do two nights. We'll have all kinds of cool stuff going on uh, both nights. Of course, great, great whiskey. We're working on, you know, some other prizes besides whiskey to be in those as well. And we're, we have some things in the works, hopefully, potentially with some sponsors for those uh, bingo nights, which will bring in some other cool aspects to those. Um, so that's where the bingo nights come in. Then later on uh, in the summer, August, September, we're going to do a support the troops 
uh, fundraiser. We've been doing that for the past couple of years. Uh, that will be around Labor Day. And then we finish up the year in uh, November with our bourbon giving uh, fundraiser. And uh, those, will, those will also be uh, the online sweepstakes style uh, fundraisers that people following bourbon charity will be very familiar with. But always great whiskey. We're, we're, we're uh, planning to do, as I said before, some other cool prizes besides whiskey um, in these fundraisers as well. So it should be a good year. It's, it's, it's going to be great. It sounds like you guys have a lot planned. Um, and you know, that's, that's, I guess, super helpful to do all the planning up front. It, it, it maybe uh, takes a little bit of the weight off of you later on. Um, and it sounds like you're going to be giving away a ton of bottles. Um, so that kind of begs the question, like, where do these come from? Because you guys have the ability to give away bottles that most of us don't find on a regular basis. So like, where's this all coming from? Yeah, and I appreciate the question. So up until this point, believe it or not, we have been working mostly with donations from Brandon Hunt, who started the charity. Um, he's had an, just an epic collection of whiskey that he donated to the charity. And we've been, for the most part, not every single bottle, we've acquired some things. We've had some other things donated from, from other people, but for the most part, it's been Brandon's just epic whiskey collection that has been that that started bourbon charity and kept it afloat, you know, for these uh, first couple of years uh, for all of the fundraisers we've done. And by the way, we've done 22 online fundraisers since the first one, which was in June of 2019. So we've done 22 different online fundraisers since June of 2019. 366 bottles of whiskey um, across all of those fundraisers, which is which is incredible. But we're at the point now where our inventory is not depleted, but it is at a level where we need to, to start replenishing uh, the inventory. So right now we have uh, a bottle drive and a membership drive going for our uh, Bourbon Hood membership. Um, so we're asking our, our community of supporters and donors uh, that if they can donate, you know, a, a desirable bottle of whiskey to Bourbon Charity, it will go into um, our fundraisers. Maybe not this year, we're trying to, you know, build up that inventory to last us over um, the course of several years if we can. but. Um, yeah, we're asking for bottle donations. Uh, we have a link directly on the uh, homepage of our website that people can go to. There's a big, big insignia, big logo right on the front page that will direct you how to donate a bottle if you can. And we're also looking for new members uh, of Bourbon Hood, which is our uh, monthly giving program that you can give annually now to. We have annual subscriptions. Um, which we launched in March of 2020, I believe, Bourbon Hood launched. And with the idea that these monthly givers would pay for the infrastructure costs of the charity. Um, this has been a hot topic over the past couple of weeks that um, there's a misperception that, that charities 
get everything for free and that they don't have expenses. And uh, charities are just like any other business. They require all of the same things that any other business requires to, to operate. And those things don't come for free, even if it's, if it's a charity. So we've asked those monthly givers to give as little as $10 a month up to, I think the highest level is, is $500 uh, a month. We're up to, I think, 600. I checked earlier today. We're up to 685 uh, Bourbon Hood members giving on active Bourbon Hood members giving on a monthly basis. So that money coming in allows us to cover all the costs of, of the charity. You name it, whether it's keeping the lights on, uh, email systems, computer systems, um, any any regular expense that you can think of for a business, uh, Bourbon Charity likely has that same expense. Accounting, lawyers, um, you name it. And so we're at the point where we uh, we do have uh, Bourbon Hood covering all of those expenses and. 15 months after Bourbon Hood was launched, uh, we became a 100% public donation charity because of those uh, monthly donors covering the infrastructure costs. And that means when we do an online fundraiser, every penny that gets pledged during that fundraiser is then distributed back out to the charities that are associated with that fundraiser in the form of a grant from Bourbon Charity, 100% of the money, which is um, actually something that just does not happen in the world of charity. And that's not that I'm that's no knock against any charity that that is, no. is not. It's just that. Is, that is. I've worked with a number of nonprofits in the past in a volunteer state, and it's unheard of to be have your overhead taken care of. So whenever you do a revenue generating event, um, so, you know, I, I worked with the community theater, you know, every one of their plays, a portion of the cost from the ticket sales was going to overhead for electricity, for the ability to pay for the rights to do it. You guys, when, when you do bingo or you do a raffle, there's certain licensure that you have to go through to be able to do those things. There's, there's costs that are involved in it. And that's not, that's, that's money that comes back out of it. And so, I've been a member of Bourbon Hood since 2020. Um, what are some of, are there any benefits to being a member of Bourbon Hood beyond just saying, you know, like feeling good about the, Hey, I, I helped cover the costs of this. Yes. I mean, being, uh, being a, a member of Bourbon Hood, we, we have some, um, you know, single barrel selections that are done by Bourbon Hood. We've done quite a few of those over the last uh, couple of years. Where um, if you're in Bourbon Hood, there's a you'll you have the opportunity, uh, you know, if you want to be involved in a uh, barrel pick, we we select uh, people from uh, Bourbon Hood to help with those. Then you have the opportunity to buy those those picks as well. Um, if you're a, a member of Bourbon Hood, we do giveaways some special bottles um, in Bourbon Hood. I think the last one we did was. Uh, um, November or October or, no, or November of last year. So we'll have another um, giveaway coming up just for Bourbon Hood members. We'll do some bottles. We'll do some other cool uh, things as well. We have a deal with Yeti coolers. So we'll probably be doing some, uh, some Yeti cooler giveaways um, in Bourbon Hood. And 
we're in, you know, if we can ever get past, um, you know, this, this pandemic, we will be doing some in-person uh, events as well that will be open just to uh, Bourbon Hood members, uh, planning potentially some, some trips to uh, Kentucky to do some, some fun things uh, with distilleries there, um, if we can get past all this. But uh, yeah, there's going to be, I mean, the Bourbon Hood is, uh, is the lifeblood of, of bourbon charity at, at this point. Without, without those people giving on a monthly basis, we would not be able to, you know, make as, as big of an impact as, as we've been able to over the past, um, you know, year as we've become a 100% public donation charity. So we're always going to be, you know, trying to do really cool things for that group of, of people. There's a, there's a private Facebook page, you know, for interacting and, and networking amongst um, Bourbon Hood members. Um, so that's another, another cool thing um, that's, that's out there as well. Um, and we'll, we'll continue to, to add new things for Bourbon Hood members. But yeah, we're looking for more of those members now because we are at the point where, yes, our, our costs are, are being covered so that when we do a fundraiser, uh, an online fundraiser, we can donate all that money. But we don't quite have the money coming in that's going to allow us to go out and purchase tons of inventory to, to continue to put bottles into these, uh, these fundraisers. And on top of it, as we all know, it's the, you know, these bottles, it's not like these bottles uh, are, you know, readily available um, as well. So even if we have the money, we don't want to be going into secondary markets and paying, you know, $5,000 for a bottle of, of Pappy Van Winkle to put it into a, a fundraiser. Now we'd see, we definitely see the money back for that in a, right. in a fundraiser or close to it. But, um, you know, that's another reason why we're asking for bottle donations because, you know, yes, we're, our name is bourbon charity, but it doesn't mean that we have like instant access to uh, every, every great bottle out there. Um, we're working on, we're a young organization. We're working on, I'm the first executive director of the organization, like really getting out there and trying to forge relationships with stores and with the distilleries directly. So we're young and we're, we're learning along the way and we're trying to, to build, you know, something that's going to be here for a long time. It just, it takes time and we need help. And I'm, uh, I'm more than okay with asking people for help. And um, so if anyone that's watching or anyone that sees this uh, later, if you can donate a bottle or join Bourbon Hood, it would be, it would be huge for us. Again, it's right on our, our homepage and it goes through uh, Valentine's Day. We're going to go through Valentine's Day and we'll, we'll end it there. And then we'll, we'll go right into our um, brackets for bourbon first fundraiser uh, for this year. And we'll just, we'll just keep rolling. So, so you're telling me that you can start a nonprofit and they don't just immediately start sending you the allocated hard to find <laughs> bottles. It's not just like the floodgates open and Buffalo trace and heaven Hill are like, Hey, here's all of this stuff. It's not how that yeah, works. Yeah. It doesn't, doesn't work that way. Um, 
we're we're working on that. We we would like for that to eventually be the uh, the the case, but you know we're still we're still also in the not everyone knows about bourbon charity. There's still plenty of people that we need to make aware of of, of what we're doing, and um, you know I think that sometimes you know bourbon charity has done a lot in the past few years, and sometimes I think you become like a little bit of a I don't want to say a victim of your success, but you get, you have a lot of success right away. Mm -hmm. And Bourbon Charity has had a great deal of success over the, the last several years. And we're going to keep that going. But, um, you know, at some point you have to, you know, shift a, a little bit what you're doing because things change and the, the whiskey market has changed. It's not as easy to get a hold of bottles everything's more expensive um and we had a great benefactor in brandon that had basically supplied us with mm -hmm. with uh everything that we could possibly uh, want over the past few years and that's just again it's just not possible anymore for that you know to continue which is why we're we're reaching out to our supporters and, and seeing if they can uh, you know help us out a little bit here and Believe me, if you give a, a really nice bottle of whiskey to the charity, it's going to do an absolute massive amount. Um, if anyone follows the Instagram page, we put up uh, some numbers last week where since we've been doing the online fundraisers, we see a return of $3,250 like $3, for every bottle that's been in an online fundraiser, which is that's mind boggling. I mean, when I was putting together the numbers and going back and looking through the amount of money that's been raised and the number of bottles that were in those fundraisers and to see it come out as like 3,200 bucks for every bottle is just incredible. So if you make a donation to us, if you can get rid of that, you know, $200 bottle of whiskey, that's going to bring back just based on what what we've been able to do in the past, of course, there's no guarantee that that will continue. But mm -hmm. we see around three thousand two hundred and fifty dollars in donations for every bottle that's in a raffle. So, I mean, that that says a lot right there. And and that's just think of that when you're when you're looking at your collection and you're reaching for that bottle and it's it, mm -hmm. it's hurting to to give it to give it away to donate it um but just think about all the good that that it will do um for the the organizations that that we're supporting i mean three thousand two hundred and fifty dollars goes a long long way for a lot of these these charities that's uh, that, that is a super impressive number and that's the kind of data that my software analyst brain is like oh wow that's you know th this is a thing i can bite my teeth into um but something that may help maybe frame this out um how much have you guys raised like you know how much have you raised where's the money going to um since the existence of bourbon charity in the last year two years whatever the number happens to be you know we're, we're talking about we want to cover infrastructure costs but what benefit are, are are we seeing that is not to us personally but to the charities yeah, so we have um, we've raised just in the online uh, fundraisers, which I had mentioned, we've done 22 of those since June of 2019. People can look at all this 
as well online. If you go to give.bourboncharity.org, um, that will show you every fundraiser that we've done online through the the uh, provider that we use, which is Rally Up. Uh, they run all the the sweepstakes for us. You can go and you can look at all this. Um, there's been, I think I said, 366 bottles of whiskey in there. It's raised $1,192,072 through those um, online fundraisers. $1,192,072, um, which is absolutely mind-boggling to me that the, the whiskey community has, has come together like that in just, you know, a couple short years and, and raise that type of money. And, you know, we've, we've issued 85 grants to 36 individual charities over that, that time period. So we have charity partners that we've given to multiple times, um, but we're not counting them like a second time, a third time. We're just mm -hmm. counting them as one we gave to them. That's one single organization. But 36 individual charities, and we've issued 85 grants um, over that period of time. Um, we weren't 100% until up until um, middle of last year, so not all of that money at the beginning was going back to the charities. We started out as 80% of donations were going to charity, and then it slowly, gradually moved up as we started Bourbon Hood, but in 15 months uh, from starting Bourbon Hood to go from 80% um, to 100% is just uh, unbelievable. Um, so again, we're super thankful for those for those monthly givers, and um, you know we've had 20 over 20,000 individual donations over that period of time since June of 2019. The first um, the first fundraiser, over 20,000 individual donations. So there's a lot of people out there that, um, you know, our mission has resonated with to, you know, throw in a donation to one of these fundraisers. And it's incredible. And there's a lot more out there that we could that we could reach. And, and that's why I appreciate you having me on to, to do something like this. So anyone that we can, you know, talk to anyone that we can, um, tell about uh, our mission and and what we're what we're trying to do it's you know it's much appreciated you know the charity is and i'm sorry to go on like this but no no, uh, no. that that that's what i just, just go i appreciate it um overall so it's been about 1.2 million dollars through the online fundraisers then we've done a few things offline we did a last year we did a um, first ever in-person event we did a golf outing called the bourbon open in November, uh, we've done, I mentioned those single barrel picks. So typically when we do a single barrel, we'll partner with a, a store or a bar or a restaurant and we'll take, um, you know, a certain percentage or a certain dollar amount from every single sale from that single barrel. And then that will go to uh, charity as well. So all in all, between all of those things, the online, the in-person, the single barrels, we've raised um, over $1.5 million for, for charity. Um, and again, this is just going back to June of 2019. Um, so, you know, this goes back to what I was saying before. It's 
there's been a lot of success here over the these first couple years of of bourbon charity to to raise all of this money and uh, a lot of that is because we had access to these great bottles of whiskey and so we're in the, a little bit of a transition here where we're, we're we need to build up that inventory we need to get those we need to get more of those monthly donors to get a little bit more cash coming in so that we can go out and make some purchases if we need to um, to help beef up that inventory and this is again this is all in the name of trying to do some really good stuff for you know the charities that we're actually allowing all of our donors and the community to to vote for so um it's it's really this this really cool you know interaction between us and charities and the in in this whiskey community and uh, bringing that all together to do some really cool stuff so i want to i want to i've been taking some notes here so you see me looking down i have post-it notes everywhere this is just <laughs> my brain function so i'm i'm not i'm paying attention so the through line, the, the entire story here is, is that so Bourbon Charity has been around roughly since June of 2019. There that was have, the first online fundraiser, yes. There have been 22 online fundraisers since then, giving giving away 366 bottles approximately. So it's about 16 bottles per giveaway with a return on a bottle of $3,200 per bottle, which is largely coming from one person's collection. This is correct. Yes, that's all correct. The, those numbers are right. And like I said, I mean, for Brandon to, to, you know, start the charity the way he did with his whiskey collection and then just basically take his entire whiskey collection and donate it to um, Bourbon Charity is just unreal. You know, un he's such a great guy to, yeah. to have, have, have done that. And yeah, so I mean, if you think about it, it's just, it's mind blowing. It really is. And, and you're looking at, you know, over a million dollars raised and you're starting at 80% of those proceeds are going to the charity. I don't yes. think you can find many charities anywhere that are brand new that are sharing at that level, right? Because most new startups that have significant overhead costs and in the first five years, they're lucky to give back 30, 40%. You're starting at 80 and now you're getting to where you're, you're, you're reaching hundred percent proceeds are going back to the charity because you have this auxiliary group. If you were to think about, you know, in like high school terms, it's the booster club that pays exactly. for the, the, you know, the outfits for the football team and for the new, you know, locker room. So that way all of the funds that come in go into the, the program itself. It's, it's, it's pretty amazing. And the fact that you just recently came on as executive director in the last few months, is that right? Yeah. October of last year, I started mm -hmm. on, um, it's a, it's a part-time, it's a part-time gig that takes up much more than part of my time. <laughs> There's no such thing as part-time when it comes to nonprofit. <laughs> I was a, a business director at a small community theater and that ended up having me building things and running advertising and installing a sign. It just that's, that's what happens with, with, with nonprofit organizations that you volunteer at. But this thing has functioned in a sort of autonomous fashion until then. Um, it's a sign of, of maturity to me that they're looking into wanting an executive director, wanting to be able to move it forward um, and, and grow it at a significant level. So you're looking at 
Um, you've raised 1.2 million since its existence. You're probably targeting wanting to raise 1.2 million a year at that point because we're going to 2019 to now. And yeah, I mean, we would of course love to. So you know, we always want to raise at least one dollar more than the previous year. And I was actually having this conversation with uh, one of the board members today. Um, that you know, yes, that's that's awesome. We we need to have these goals to continue to grow, to continue to push the organization forward, to continue to, you know, really entwine ourselves into um, the fabric of the American whiskey community, which we fully intend to do. And, you know, but we also have to look at these points in time where we're sort of in one now that we have to look at, at setting ourselves up um, for that success down the line for that success next year, the year after that, five years down the road. We want to be here, you know, I, I honestly see this organization being around from June of 2019 and hopefully it's it's here with the whiskey community until, you know, the end of time because I really do think that it can be that, I, I think it can be that place for everyone that's involved in whiskey that is also also wants to do something charitable. I want bourbon charity to be the place to go to do that charitable giving. And that's what we're building towards. And there may be some ebbs and flows in, in that plan that, you know, we have to be prepared for it. We have to not, you know, get upset if, you know, we maybe don't meet what we did the previous year. And that's not to like give ourselves a break for any reason. That's just to think about more about the future and, and think about things that we can do now that maybe won't give us the immediate gratification that we all want. But next year, it will help us exponentially compared to this year or the year before, and then continue to do those things to make those types of plans, to make the relationships, to make the connections that will set us up to then continually, you know, grow this to not just, you know, my, my whole plan is this to grow beyond the bourbon community. I mean, it may be called bourbon charity, but we want to attract other people into this under this umbrella as well that, maybe, you know, in adjacent, uh, things that are adjacent to whiskey, people that enjoy cigars, you know, all these craft beer, all these, all these, you know, groups and communities that are, that are, you know, adjacent to us. Um, I would love to touch those people as well and to ha bring them into, into this community and, and get them on board with, with what we're doing. But, you know, Again, it's taking these these steps now, these these small steps to eventually get to um, that point. We have plenty of room to grow within just the American whiskey community. So we've got plenty of work to do here first. Right. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, you, you mentioned that you, you have a board member you're talking to. So there's a board that exists, which is always encouraging for anybody that's involved in a, a nonprofit at all. If there's a board, there's some governance, there's things that are in place. 
Um, and oftentimes, having been a board member of things in the past, you can start looking at things as, you know, last year's successful year becomes next year's benchmark, right? And that isn't necessarily a recipe, exactly what you're saying, a recipe for sustainable success because market conditions vary, uh, the appetite varies, whether you have available bottles to you, you know, there, there's so many things that go into it and you cannot let great be the enemy of good because you're doing good, right? At Absolutely. the end of the day, you raise, let's just say you raise $10 less this year than you did last year, you still raised a bunch of money for a positive cause. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. And that's, I think that's, you know, the approach that I'm trying to, to take to this and just setting us up for that continued success and putting us in the position to then build on those successes to make them bigger each time. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, that's what we're trying to do. Yeah, you had mentioned we do have a board of directors. We have we have uh, five people on the uh, the board of directors currently. Uh, there's potential for that to expand. Um, when I came on board, I wanted to immediately establish an advisory committee to uh, the charity. So we have uh, a couple of people on an advisory committee, people outside of the organization that we can go to. Uh, if we're having problems from a charity standpoint where we need advice or if we need just advice in general operation of the business, um, we have we have a couple really sharp people currently on that advisory board. Um, David Mandel, people may know, um, he's was one of the co-founders of Bardstown Bourbon Company. He's the chairman of the Kentucky Bourbon Festival, and he just took a job last fall with uh, Kentucky Owl as the president of their real estate company to get their uh, distillery built in uh, Bardstown. And uh, so he's, we actually just had a conversation with him today. So we have people like him, uh, Tim Pearsant, who's the co-founder and CEO of Chattanooga Whiskey is on our advisory committee. Um, so another person who started a distillery from scratch has great business uh, sense, great knowledge of business, great knowledge of the distilling world, um, a guy that we can go to and just bounce things off of and ask for advice. And then our board is absolutely incredible too. Brandon's the, the chairman of the board. Uh, his brother, Brian, is the treasurer. He's, he's uh, um a military veteran, um, a friend of Brandon's, uh, Chris Adams. He's the secretary. Great. He's in, in real estate. Great business person. Um, Charles Morell. He's our director of uh, donor relations. Uh, super, super smart guy. He's in the medical field. Um, and then we just added most recently to our board of directors, uh, John Edwards who uh, most people will probably know in the whiskey community as uh, John from Dad's Drinking Bourbon. Um, super, super smart guy, really obviously well connected within uh, the American whiskey community. Um, IT guy, just, I mean, everyone from the board to the advisory committee is just super sharp, really smart people. 
And so this organization is definitely, you know, has some great leadership and um, some some great people that we can go to if we need help or advice. And uh, I would hope that I'm doing the organi organization well by steering the ship on a on a daily basis. I'd say, you know, I, I, I work with a lot of people that do a lot of directing type stuff, and I'd say you're doing a, doing a pretty good job. One of the things that's super comforting for a person who gives, you know, for a person who's a part of this is that um, often, you know, like you're rolling through this list of folks that are part of the board or advisory committee or involved in bourbon charity. It can feel like um, name dropping. And are you doing that for notoriety? But the, but at the end of the day, it's comforting for a giver because you can know these are people you know, like these are people that have significant skin in the game right to lend their name and their knowledge and their ability they're a great resource for you guys but they're also kind of a security blanket for us because you know david mandel has a lot to lose if he's involved in a shady business you know john like all of these people would have significant things to lose yourself included um, because those things come up you know like, oh you know it, who is this where did this come from you know you're talking about a lot of people don't know what it is yet um if I just approach and knock on somebody's door and say, hey, I'm raising money for a charity, do I have any credibility? But if you give yeah. some degree of notoriety uh, to it, then then you're starting to kind of assuage people's fears. Um, so you've mentioned there's a board. You're the executive director. There's members of Bourbon Hood. There's an advisory committee. How do you select what charities you give money to? Like, are they drawn out of a hat? Who, who makes these decisions? So... Typically, we have a discussion, you, you know, as the as the board on particular um, charities, like um, categories, charity categories that we would like to support. So this year, we had people vote on international charities. So we then did some research, uh, some vetting of uh, some international charities. One is Charity Water, which has been supported by uh, Bourbon Charity in the past. Um, and just doing research and looking for uh, some organizations that are, like you just said, are um, well known, have uh, some, some leadership in place, have uh, some vetting that's been done by uh, the, you know, there's organizations out there that do vetting of charities. Uh, you can go to these websites. Charity Navigator is one. GuideStar is another. Like these are, are organizations that are solely in the business of looking into charities and vetting them and making sure that like they're being run correctly and, and money isn't being wasted. So those are resources for us as well when we're when we're doing research. So we'll come up with some categories. Um, like I said, this year it was the international women's and girls um, charities that were specifically uh, doing work for women and, and girls, uh, men's uh, health, um, international women's, children's hospitals, um, also just uh, children's charities. Uh, we let Bourbon Hood, I think we let Bourbon Hood vote on children's hospitals and food banks. So I can't remember all the categories off the top of my head right now, but, um, you know, we come up with those, we do some vetting, we find some charities within those categories that we feel um, 
are really great charities that we would be more than happy to support. And then we let the, the uh, donors and we let the, the public vote on, on those charities and make the selection so that they have ownership as well in, in what, we're, uh, what we're doing. So, um, and then we let Bourbon Hood uh, specifically, that's another uh, thing. We can put that on the, on the list of uh, you know, benefits of Bourbon Hood. You get a, a direct say in, in some of the charities that are selected. And like I said this year, we gave uh, Bourbon Hood the option to pick from children's hospitals and food banks this year, which are some of the most important charities that we support um, as Bourbon Charity every year. So we thought we felt like letting Bourbon Hood pick those this year was was kind of special. Yeah, and that's it's one of those things where it's, I knew the answer to the question before I asked it, but most of the folks that watch us may not know that. Um, and I super appreciate being able to participate in that decision-making process because, um, you know, uh, most charities you just trust to do those things. And you guys went out and selected a, a slate of really, really um, positive things. The other side of it is like, I feel bad because I want to select all of them. Like, I know. Give it to all of them, but you have to make a choice at some point. That's, yeah. that's, that's not. I think, I think we gave for just the, the main, like the, the, um, six core charities. I think we had 24 different options between the categories for people to choose from. And then Bourbon Hood had, I think at least four options, I think in each category that they chose from. So, you know, we're looking at like, you know, 30, over 30 charities that we've considered uh, that we would be more than happy to um, give some money to throughout the course of the year. But yeah, I mean, and then just allowing our our supporters to to have a say in all of that. And if you'll allow me, I'll let you. I'll tell you all the charities that were selected this year. Absolutely, yeah. Because that I'll tell you uh, when when you send it out, you know, you, you get a web form. You're like, ah, this will only be a few things. You know, like it's a quick survey. And I open it up, and I'm like, oh, so I just walked away for a few minutes. I'm gonna go get a drink. <laughs> I'm gonna be here for a minute because I have to think about this. It wasn't like, you know, pick one of three. It was make a lot of choices. So go ahead. Yeah, well, I appreciate that you took the time to, to like think about it and, and, and make those selections, um, you know, in a thoughtful way, because we want, we want people to do that. Um, you know, we, we provided, you know, the, the websites of every charity so that people could do their own research and look into these charities that we're offering up for people to vote on and, and take a look at them themselves and then, you know, make an informed decision on, who they want us to support. So the charities that were picked this year, I'll start with the, um, the Bourbon Hood selections. And uh, they selected Ann and Robert H. Lurie Children's Hospital here in Chicago, which is, that's pretty cool. That's, that's near and dear to me because it's here in Chicago. And then they picked uh, Norton Children's Hospital in uh, Louisville, Kentucky, which is very cool. It's always great to uh, give some money to you know, uh, charities that are in Kentucky where most of our, where a great majority of our whiskey is coming from. And then uh, they picked Second Harvest Food Bank of Middle Tennessee in uh, Nashville as one of the food banks. And then Dare to Care Food Bank also in Louisville. And we've supported all of those charities before, except this will be our first time supporting uh, Lurie Children's Hospital here in Chicago. Um, so those are really cool selections by 
uh, Bourbon Hood. And then we have Charity Water is back as a, as a charity this year. They build uh, clean drinking water wells in uh, all over the world, but primarily in uh, Africa. We've actually been, I'm sorry to go on a rant like this, but- No, uh, no, no, no. We've, uh, Bourbon Charity has supported 19 different water projects that Charity Water has been involved in building, you know, over the course since 2019, we've been involved, we have helped to fund 19 clean drinking water projects across the world uh, with the money that we've been able to donate to Charity Water. There's four actually going on right now that um, an email went out last week about everything that we're up to and there was some information on the uh, the four water projects that we're helping to fund right now. You can read all about them. There's links on in that email or even on our website to, to learn about those. But like, how cool is that? Like to be involved in 19 different clean drinking water projects around the world over the course of, you know, a couple of years is just, that's hundreds of thousands of people right. that have, that now have access to clean drinking water because of this incredible community of people who love whiskey you know hundreds of thousands of people have clean drinking water now because of everyone out there who's made a donation it's just unbelievable it's absolutely something that that, that really matters because you know I, I sit here as you're talking and i have I have a cup of water that i just walked downstairs and poured in a glass and that's as simple as it is for most of the Western nations. Like that's just what it is here in North America for most people. Um, being able to be a part of providing one of the base ingredients, you're, you're called bourbon charity. The base ingredient of bourbon is water. Without water, the rest of it doesn't matter. And you're able to have 19 projects that are going to provide hundreds of thousands of people, tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of people with water. You know, it, it's, it's a fantastic story in the end. And, you know, regardless of the story, it's a fantastic impact. You know, uh, yeah, it's just it's just when, you know, when I when I've been going back and like looking at all of these these numbers and then trying to put those into um, a, a way that really speaks to people, you know, I think that one is just absolutely mind boggling, massively huge. Like it, I'll say it again, 19 projects. Hundreds of thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of people um, now have clean drinking water because of, you know, not just the money we've given, but we've contributed to these projects that would, you know, wouldn't be possible without some of the money that, that, that we've given. So awesome organization. So happy that they got selected back in this year. What I'm really happy and really excited about is we are going to be partnering with Bourbon Women Foundation uh, this year. They're one of the charities that, that was uh, selected from uh, the women and girls uh, category. Uh, what's so cool is they're brand new, brand new uh, foundation, uh, 501c3, and their mission is to uh, help women uh, with scholarships and help them get, help get them in, into the uh, beverage industry. 
And so that's going to be kind of one of the main missions of the Bourbon Women Foundation is, is offering those scholarships to, to women and helping them uh, find jobs in, in uh, the beverage industry uh, that we all very much love. So uh, kind of cool that we're going to be able to, to team up with them as they're in their infancy. We're new. Uh, we know what it's like for them to start from, from scratch. So it'll be fun to, to help them, you know, kind of get their feet and, and get up and, and going. Um, we have Children's Tumor Foundation, which has been, I think, been involved with Bourbon Charity every single year. And we've given to them probably coming up on almost 10, 10 times. And um, just an incredible organization as well. There's, there's, um, there's a disease where children get these, these tumors. And I, don't, I, I can't explain all the, the scientific uh, and biology behind it, but um, they are working to, to help find a cure for this, for this disease. And um, a lot of the money we've given to them has gone to uh, some summer camps that they run for children that, that have these tumors in their body and they're able to interact with, with people who have the same thing going on in their life and, and do these really fun um, excursions and, and activities at, these, at this summer camp. So a lot of the money that we've given has gone towards putting that on. They bring in kids from all over the country uh, to kind of get away from their everyday life and experience, you know, nature and tons of out outdoor activities and uh, with people that, that you know, understand the, their, you know, what's going on with them in their own life because they're, they're, they're having the same things, um, you know, going on with, with their own life. So awesome, awesome, awesome organization. I did a couple events with them, which a lot of this doesn't, doesn't show up in the numbers that, uh, of Bourbon Charity. Um, you know, we do things, you know, events uh, with a lot of our partners. I did a, a, a happy hour with, with them uh, last year, made some cocktails and hung out with them and uh, had a fun time. Uh, did a cooking um, event with, with them as well. This is Children's Tumor Foundation. They had a chef do um, a dish a couple dishes and a dessert, and I paired um, a couple of cocktails to go along with the uh, the dinner and the dessert. So we do things like that too that don't really get like people don't really see, which is which is totally fine. But like the the relationships that we've been able to build with a lot of these organizations is also just incredible to be able to to do things like that and to interact with them and to see like the impact that, you know, the dollars or the checks that we're writing actually have on people is pretty, is pretty cool. And we're, we're going to be doing a better job of sharing these stories um, over this year. And, and as we go forward, because these are important things to, you know, for people to know about rather than just seeing a picture of a check that, that we wrote to somebody but seeing the actual the the actual impact that those dollars are are making, and that's that's something that we're going to strive to do to be better at, but to, to communicate to you know everyone that's that's supporting us, and um, we're we're definitely working in that direction. And we started we've started to do um, a little bit of that, and and it's just a matter of 
of actually getting that information and, and communicating it back to to all of our supporters. Uh, and then just to run through the other ones, a uh, new category this year was social justice. So we have uh, Equal Justice Initiative um, as one of our charities. It'll be great to give them some money. They're, they're doing mostly legal work with, with laws and, and, and trying to you know, make, make sure that uh, you know, our, our system here in the US is, is equal and just for everyone. Uh, Prostate Cancer Foundation, uh, has been, uh, we've supported them for, for many years. Of course, one of the OGs, one of the original charities of that uh, we supported, uh, Brandon's father had prostate cancer and that's why uh, they became one of the, the first charities that we ever gave to. And then Fisher House Foundation, it's a military uh, charity that actually builds like, if you're familiar with Ronald McDonald House with uh, like, the children's hospitals. It allows a place for like families to stay if their children is in the hospital, their child is in the hospital. Kind of same concept for Fisher House. It is a place for military families to stay if they have a veteran or a member of the military that is, you know, in a hospital. And so they're usually built near near hospitals, and um, so it's a great organization to to um, be able to help out and help them you know, build these places for, you know, the families of veterans or military personnel to stay at if, if they ever have a, uh, a health issue and have to be in the hospital. So that's like, I know that was a lot, a lot of me talking. It's been a lot of me talking all night, but. Uh, and that's what we're here for. That's absolutely what we're here for, you know. Yeah, and um, I appreciate it. You, you you connected on that just a second ago. See, there's a, there's a lot of things that, that you guys are doing that um, aren't necessarily being shared out and, and you're making it a, a goal going forward to share those stories and it can feel a little um, altruistic to share those because you're like you know we're not doing that we're not doing the positive thing to be able to tell people we're doing the positive thing but stories are very sticky you know that that's why the, i started doing any of this is that um you have data and you have stories and you can tell people if a number you can show them a check and they won't connect with it but if you tell them the positive story that it did they will connect and they'll tell someone else and that someone else will come and they'll be a part of it as well and so while it feels because it does feel weird saying oh look at what we're doing for good the goal is, is you're telling people that so they'll go out and get someone else and bring you more resources so you can do more good exactly and and like just like you said like you know it's it's great to see those numbers and we want to communicate those too we want we, we want to show in black and white like wow look at look at all this money that that was raised yeah it's great to know but i do feel like it's 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 more important to know what did those dollars do right for for someone and and we will we will it's our commitment to to going forward like to share more of those those stories and to make sure that we are you know letting everyone know where did your ten dollars that you donated go what did it what did it do and uh it's important i think it's important to do that if i could tell one more story about about you that tell as like, many stories as you want to i got time so Dare to Care Food Bank, um, it's, it's one of the food banks that Bourbon Hood selected this year. Again, another organization that we've been involved with, I think, every single year. And we've 
we've been able to, to partner with them. Um, we helped them build what they call the community kitchen. And this was shared out on our Instagram page. There was a great video uh, last week about the community kitchen. It's in uh, a neighborhood in Louisville uh, because of, and this is, you know, yes, it sounds, you know, braggart, but because of the money that we've been able to, as a community through bourbon charity, give to Dare to Care, they were able to build this community kitchen that has done like so many amazing things for people that are food insecure in the Louisville, Kentucky area. They call it Kentuckiana. I think it's like 13 uh, counties in uh, that part of Kentucky and Indiana, Southern Indiana, that, you know, helps people who are food insecure. And they've served thousands of meals to these people that, that really, really need it. They launched a program where they're even creating frozen meals that they're able to give out um, to some of their, their charity partners that get distributed to, to people they can throw in their freezer. Um, you know, a lot of people don't know how to cook. A lot of people don't have the time to cook, even if they do. And to be able to be able to pull something out of the freezer and heat up in the microwave or the oven is just absolutely massive to their life not only feeding them, but saving them time and energy. Mm -hmm. um, and, and this community kitchen is largely built because of um, the money that Bourbon Charity has been able to, to donate over you know, the course of a couple of years. And to see that video, to see the, the impact that they've been able to make, again, we're talking about you know, thousands upon thousands of people that are able to get a hot meal or multiple meals or have their meals taken care of because of what we, not bourbon charity, but we as a community in, in the American whiskey community through bourbon charity have been able to, to do. And I don't know, I just hearing those stories and seeing those those things combined with the the numbers sometimes it's like i mean it's just it's just awesome it's just it's it really lucky. is mind-boggling sometimes yeah, yeah. and, and I, I think you can't so i don't think you can overstress the importance of what you're talking about here you know like so you mentioned this frozen meals things and and, and frozen meals is not something where you just make food and you freeze it, right? Like it's not as simple as that, right? right. Whenever you're a food nutritionist person, they have to come together. Okay, this is going to survive a freezer. But what you're providing to people, and I think about this because I've worked with, with a number of people in a number of different ways, but providing a frozen meal to a person allows for a non-skilled individual to be able to warm that food up. And so if I were to think I am a 11-year-old child, my mom works, two jobs. And the only way I may get a meal is if I have something I pop out and I can warm up in an oven. I don't have to worry about what are the ingredients and what are the cook times and what are all of these things. You're solving a number of problems or for the mom who is or the dad who's working two jobs and just does not have. Uh, I work one job. I have two children. I live a pretty decent lifestyle. And some days at the end of the day, I don't feel like cooking dinner, you know, and for someone who's living under significantly more stress than me, 
I can I can only imagine. I cannot live that. And so that's while it seems like something small, it is not. It's, it's not something small at all. No, not at all. And and you know, just just to be able to 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 make that type of uh, of an impact because of because of this. Right. It's just it's just awesome. It's just that's that's all I can say. It's just it's just awesome that because of this brown liquid that we all enjoy so much, we're able to do so many just unbelievable things for so many people. Um, it's it's gratifying for sure. I mean, and even if you're giving that, you know, whatever the lowest donation is to a fundraiser, or if you're doing $10 a month as a Bourbon Hood member, like that money matters. Right. Like that money matters. It, it makes an absolutely massive uh, impact on what we're all trying to do. So, I mean, I've heard people say like, well, I can only give, you know, 10 bucks or 15 bucks. You know what? If you can, we'd love, we'd love to have it. We'd love to be able to put it to good use. Not, um, not only would you love to have it, but you're also evidencing that you're a good steward of it once you do have it. Because that's the, the other thing is that people get caught up in. And, you know, we've talked about that already a number of times. So I won't go back that direction, but um, you, you have the capabilities to prove that that $10 is going to go to a good use as opposed to, I have no idea where it's going. Exactly. And, and again, these are things as, um, and I'm learning this too. I've never been involved in, in the um, charitable world other than, you know, writing a check or, or making a donation in the past. Like I'm learning uh, along the way too. the best way for us to, communicate to everyone out there that is uh, a supporter now or a potential supporter. Like I take this personally, I want to do everything I can to be as open and as transparent as I possibly can be and give you, give everyone as much information as possible about what we're up to because I mean, that only makes it, that only makes it better for everyone. And we have we don't have anything to 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 hide or to you know we want to be just honest about also about like we have things we have to pay for and <laughs> and like you know it's just it's just how I am personally and it's just the organization that we want to be like we get it we people when they make a donation they want to know what's happening with it we're held to a standard that most companies are not held to and that's totally fine and we're totally cool with that and we want to embrace that and we want to have conversations with people about um what we're up to and if if there's if we can if we can glean some some uh advice from people we're happy to take it as well like you know, we're people, we're just, we're trying to do the best that we can and make the biggest impact that we can on these organizations that we're supporting. And we want to do it in the most efficient way that we can 
and we're striving for that every single day and just know that as long as I'm at, at the helm of the ship, um, that's how it's, that's how it's going to be. And that's how, that's how I want it to be. And so, and I, and I will say like anyone watching this, you can email me Chris at bourboncharity.org. And I'm happy to have a conversation with you about anything that we're doing. You want to help? You have a company that wants to get involved or you just want to get involved and make a donation, whatever it might be. I'm, I'm open to uh, that conversation. You can message me uh, at Bourbon Charity on Instagram, on Facebook. Um, you can message me at Urban Bourbonist on, on Instagram on my, on my page. And I'm happy to, to uh, answer questions and have a conversation uh, we just want to bring as many people as we can into this under this umbrella of, of bourbon charity and really with the goal of just trying to, to help people, you know, and, and I know that many thousands of people out there want to do the same thing. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's evidence about the turnout that you guys have for it. most people that participate in, in raffles and things like that are smart enough to recognize that, there's a very significant chance that you're not going to win anything. And so you're still going to participate because it's going to a possibility. It's not like some of the, the raffles that, you know, you see on secondary market pages where somebody's just raising money. Like you don't have that same type of attachment or participation in it. And it's not about uh, taxable donation. It's not, you know, it, it's none of that. It is, there's a positive benefit and I might get something out of it, but someone else for sure is going to get something out of it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, of course, those, those people are um, the, the best donors that are, that are, you know, making the donation and saying, hey, you know, if I, if I win, I win, great. If I don't, well, it's going to a good, a good cause. And, but we're happy to take donations from the people who are just trying to win a bottle of whiskey as well. That's totally yes. fine, I, 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 too. I, I, like, if, yeah, 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 if yeah. you want to make a donation because you want a chance at a, you know, uh Pappy 15 or something mm -hmm. that's totally fine like that before <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the money all spins the same way yeah know. we're all about that too but right. no i would agree like uh, from everything we've seen the we we have had now i'm probably probably jinxing myself but we have had so little negative feedback that mm -hmm we see that people get it like people know what we're trying to accomplish people get what we're trying to do people understand the mission people understand that the charity has expenses people understand all of these things and there's a, a loud minority that makes themselves known that we have to address at times because it feels like it's much more than a minority, but when you really look at it, you know, the, the whiskey community is absolutely incredible. People get it. People in people that love whiskey are generally just really great people. Mm -hmm. To be honest, I've had very few negative interactions in uh, the world of whiskey and there are quite a 
number of different viewpoints, you know, across the spectrum of you name it, to politics, to sports, to whatever it might be, but we all come together around whiskey and we find that common ground and all that other stuff melts away basically. And we're just whiskey lovers and whiskey lovers that want to do really great things for other people. I, I really feel that way about 99.9% mm -hmm. of the people that I have encountered in, in the whiskey community. And I think what you'll find, and, and I may be wrong here, but a lot of times I'm not, um, is you'll see an increase in negative attention as you gain notoriety and traction, right? As you become more and more known, just more people pop up. And, and it's I guess you'll notice more of it because the majority of people who are happy are usually more silent. You don't get as many people coming across me like, Hey, I really appreciate what you're doing as you do. Like, ah, I, I hate this thing or whatever. Um, don't think this is the right charity or I can't believe you'd run it this particular way or whatever. Those people are always, you know, the, the, the Karens of the world are always going to be very loud, but the people that are appreciative sometimes aren't. So that's where you know, we fall down and we're like, Oh, Hey, you guys are doing great you know, at the end of the day. Yeah. And that's just something just, from our perspective that we just need to also not be so sensitive to at times, like just, you know, roll with, with the, the negative comment. You want to react to everything and you want to defend yourself and in, in every single situation, but yeah, it, it's, it's uh, I think part of it and exactly what you said as, you become more popular as you're making a, a greater impact, as you're reaching more people, um, you'll see more of those things just for that fact that you're reaching more, more people. Um, so yeah, that's actually great advice from you and great, great perspective from you to, for me, like when I'm, when I'm uh, seeing some of these, these things come across my uh, computer screen, but uh, like I said, but hey, that's a, that's a badge that you're doing something right because if nobody's getting upset, then you're probably not making a difference. This is at least been my my experience. Um, I, we did have a question that came across earlier. I want to get back to that before we get too far. So um, raffles, raffles can be a tricky thing to navigate because there are some legal implications that come into play. And then you guys are advertising on social media. Do you have a problem? with social media, Instagram, Facebook, whoever, like shutting down whenever you're advertising, you're doing this because it is a raffle. So to just to be clear, they are not actually raffles. So okay. they are, they're run as sweepstakes. So yes, there's tickets you're entering into the fundraiser and it, it's very much like a raffle, but it is a sweepstakes. So you can get into any of our, uh, online fundraisers for free. You do not actually have to give a donation. Of course, we would prefer that you did, but there is an option to go on to every single fundraiser page as it's going on to enter into the sweepstakes for free. So it is an option uh, to do it. We've had people do it and that's totally fine. Like we, uh, we allow it and, and, and we accept it. That's totally cool. But, um, Almost nobody does that, but you can. 
And so running our things as a sweepstakes um, allows for more people to participate because raffles are actually in some states um, illegal because okay. it's considered gambling. So yeah. in the state of Kentucky, you have to have a license to do it if you do it more than twice, even if, it, if it's for a nonprofit. Yeah. So that's how we address that is through uh, the sweepstakes style uh, fundraiser. And, um, you know, to this point, it's been everything has been great. It's worked out. It's worked out very well uh, in terms of Facebook and Instagram. Um, nothing has been like uh, taken down or or uh, anything like that um, that I know of. Um, there have been things we've tried to promote that they wouldn't, they wouldn't, uh, do the promotion, even though we were trying to pay them to promote the, the, uh, fundraisers, because, you know, when it gets into alcohol, there's all sorts of weird things that, that get filtered and whatever. Um, but yeah, for the most part, everything has, has been, has been great. Um, as we're trying to do those things again, if, if, someone can't donate a bottle to us if someone can't join bourbon hood the next best thing that people can do for bourbon charity is to promote us to tell people about us to share our posts and stories on instagram and facebook with their you know their timeline their friends their private groups that they're in like we have found that the the Mount, the person to person, um, you know, word of mouth advertising has been far and away, like it is with most things, far and away the best thing for bourbon charity in terms of our promotion of what we're doing. Like you telling your friend who tells two other people is way more valuable to us than trying to buy an ad on Facebook or Instagram in the midst of a, of a fundraiser. So if you can't donate a bottle, if you can't join Bourbon Hood, we get it, we understand, but it's super easy to share a post on Instagram or Facebook uh, to your friends, to your groups, and that would be absolutely massive for us to reach more people and for more people to know about us and your, you know, um, you telling someone specifically about us is very powerful. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, your endorsement, you know, an individual's endorsement to their friends is very pow powerful for us. So we'll take that over a donation any day. That's that's huge for us. Well, and that's that's one of the 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 good and bad things that social social media has done. Is it's given everyone a platform uh, to speak, a pulpit to talk about what's what they like or don't like, for that matter, and and spreading the message of whatever you're doing is is a fantastic way because it does, you know, people that trust me. If I share something, people that trust me now have some degree of trust in the message that I'm trying to share. And if I say, "Hey, Bourbon Charity is doing great stuff," go look at it. They're more likely to relate to it um, because I have you know a, a small platform. Somebody might listen to it. So it's 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 a, it's a good call out. Yeah, I mean, think of just think of your own the the people that you follow on social media, like, mm -hmm. or that you're that you've become friends with on social media. You're much more likely to listen to a recommendation from them 
um, than you are to some random person or to seeing uh, an ad come across your timeline, you know? So it, it's, it's really big It's in anything, but um, it's been huge for us. And, and just from talking to people, like I'll say, well, how did you hear about us? Well, my friend's in Bourbon Hood and he told me uh, about you guys. And uh, that's like, I, I want to hear that over, you know, over and over as much as I can. Like that's, that's huge for us. Right. And that, so that ties into, there was a, a thread of conversation that we had maybe a month ago on in Instagram direct messages. Um, we were talking about the title of influencer and, and what that means. And um, I have a feeling you said you don't see a whole lot of negativity uh, on anything, but I have a feeling this one did come from that, um, that, that title of influencer and, you know, she, having a position of authority in people's lives has this negative connotation. And I think we both agree to some, we both agree to some degree that it's asinine, but what do you think the source of that is? Like, you know, we, we got into it a little bit on online, but I'd like to continue that maybe. The source of like uh, the negative connotation around influence. Yeah. Why, why, why is it viewed as a, as a negative thing? Well, I think it's viewed as a negative thing because there are people that are definitely inauthentic that are promoting things that are, you know, obviously something that they're not into or it's a garbage product or whatever it might be. So I think this, this whole idea of an influencer has been tarnished by those types of things, by the person who will take you know, a hundred bucks to post about anything, you name it. If someone offers them the, the money, they'll, they'll give it their endorsement. And I feel like those, that inauthenticity is what has fueled the negative connotation to the word influencer. I mean, it, it I feel like it has to be like, people think it's inauthentic. Mm -hmm. Uh, that what a lot of people do uh, with their with their platform and then that just leads to you know the negativity around the the so-called influencer or someone that's you know has a following that people listen to yeah and so you've you've you were a, a brand ambassador i think you said for bourbon charity before you became the executive director um, and part of that is kind of portraying some degree of an influence on social media and face-to-face -face and whatever else. Um, so, you know, do, do you just ignore this negative connotation that comes in on influencer and just continue down your path? Do you try to pick up a new moniker? Like, how do you, how do you reconcile that? Well, I floated the idea of like, uh, I think, didn't, did we talk about like digital creator or social, I forget what the, the term that, that I had tried to float out there as, mm -hmm. I think creator, but then someone was like, well, everyone's a creator. Everyone that posts something is a, is a digital creator. And I was like, well, that's a good point. Like if you post something online, you're creating something digitally. So, but uh, for me personally, like when I'm doing something with like the urban bourbonist page, I'm really coming from my own perspective like and and people can take me for my word or they they don't have to but like i post things that 
our that are of, of interest to me and like i'm not going to put something on my page because someone wanted to pay me i've done i have done paid um sponsorships on my page very 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 few but i would never do one unless it was something that i personally felt like not felt like that's something that i absolutely 100 percent like and would use or drink or whatever it might be myself but that's me and i can see though sometimes that things may come off inauthentic because of not because of what i maybe said but because of people's uh perception of other people that they then that they then transfer to me or to you or to whoever it might be and they take someone else's inauthenticity and they project it onto whoever that they experience onto you yeah whoever they see come up in their feed like oh this guy's just you know posting about this because of you know so they paid him to do it or they sent him a free bottle and believe me i've received many many free bottles of whiskey and i've posted about many many free bottles of whiskey that i've received but nothing for me goes on my page that i honestly don't like or if it I've posted about things I don't like, and I say it. I say this isn't for me, or I'll say, you know, this is more your positive of a opinion isn't for sale. Your opinion may be for sale, but your positive opinion's not. It's, you know, they may ask you to do something, and you may come across and say it's negative. They they may have yeah. paid you to give a negative review. That's that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, and and you know, honestly, like if I'm a very well known Jim Beam fan. If Jim Beam wants to pay me money to post about Jim Beam products, I'll take the money because I already like the product. But Jim Beam's not knocking on my door to promote their products. But um, yeah, I mean, for me personally, I'm just not a person that will like post something on my page from, you know, fly by night distillery mm -hmm. that came up that sourced you know, a three and a half year old whiskey from MGP and put a fun uh, label on their bottle. Like, right. That's not me. Like you can scroll through my page. You're not going to see it, but um, I've gotten my fair share of people like trying to say to me like, Oh, you're just posting about this because you know, they sent you the bottle and, and it will be a bottle that what that I paid for myself. Um, I think that's probably just somebody wishing that somebody would send them a bottle. Uh, at the end of the day, it's like, why can't I get a bottle? You know. Yeah. But I think and there's a lot of that out there, you know. Yeah, I think what you've also described is that you you, you use the term creator, and you say, you know, somebody said, well, everybody's a creator, and I don't think that's necessarily true. They may capture something, but they're not creating anything. So there's a difference, you know, whether you're an artist or a photographer or whatever else. Like I can take my cell phone and walk out the front door and I can take a picture of my front yard. And my wife, who is an amateur photographer, will go out with a camera and she will make sure the framing is right and the ISO is right and the f-stop. And there's a degree of artistry that goes into it. And so what Absolutely. you've described is you are legitimately creating. You're not capturing. And there's a difference between those two things. Yeah, and I think about it like. 
you know, we touched on this at the beginning uh, of this conversation that I'm trying to use my Instagram page as a creative outlet, and I view it more of a, a journalistic style type of, of Instagram page. Yeah, sure. I have pictures on my page where I say two words or very little and post the picture and, and that's the post. And there's really not mm -hmm. a whole lot of meat to the, to the post. But I generally try to think deeply about what I'm posting about. And I try to think about, I, I try to be very thoughtful about what I'm posting and no, I do a lot of tasting notes. I've gotten a lot of shit from people about tasting notes. And I honestly do not care about your opinion about my tasting notes because I like to do it. Like that yeah. is part of my experience with whiskey is that's how I can communicate about whiskey. I don't really know another way to communicate, communicate about whiskey other than telling some of the statistics about the bottle, you know, proof points, age, right. mash bill, whatever. I like to talk about what I'm tasting because I find it interesting to hear when other people talk about what they're tasting. So I put my stuff out into the world um, about what I'm what I'm experiencing with with a whiskey, and I've got. That's the number one thing that people give me shit about. That I I'll get a nasty a nasty DM about is like, uh, bullshit, you tasted cedar wood. And I'm like, well, honestly, cedar wood is not like a really exotic flavor, but yes, I tasted it and you might not. It, it, and, right. It, it, how can someone tell you what you tasted? Exactly. That's, that's, that's not a thing. And you 100% could be full of shit, but exactly. I never, ever know. Like I, I'll never know, so there's no point in arguing that discussion. There's, there's a handful of folks, and this is a thing, and I'm, there's going to be a little bit of a tangent here. There's a handful of folks that that are on Instagram that get off on the fact that I'm the only one that knows how to taste whiskey because I have been classically trained, or I'm a West, you know, uh, went to a sommelier program, whatever. Kudos to you, you're a professional. I don't think any of us are purporting to be professionals. We're not out there trying to. To, to be, you know, master blenders. I'm trying to create a sense of nostalgia with anything. And I generally don't give a lot of tasting notes either because it's not a place where I'm strong, but if it reminds me of a thing, and that's why I like brown spirit specifically is that they're very communal in nature. And if it reminds me of something that happened in my life or a, a particular you know, core memory, those are the things that I really enjoy. I was listening to, to, uh, YouTube live earlier um, with the Money Not Sucks guys. And Tim had said, oh, this tastes like whenever I was a kid, I used to go to the farmer's market with my dad and they would have sugar cane that was in a cellophane wrapper. But that booth for the sugar cane was sitting in the sun. And so that cellophane got hot. And this is a very simple. I don't know what the hell that smeller tastes like, but he took me on a journey. And that's yeah. what I'm here for. That is the coolest tasting note I've ever heard. I mean, that's the shit I'm here for as well. Like, I want to hear those things. And and I absolutely love that stuff. And that's why I put my, that's why I put my notes out in the world, into mm -hmm. the world. And a lot of it, and I've, 
gone around and around on this. I've said it a million times, but a lot of the the tasting notes that I get go back to candy. I mm -hmm. ate a, just an unbelievable amount of candy when I was a kid. So mm -hmm. a lot of my flavor memories are candy. And the whiskey might not taste like that damn candy that I'm describing, right. But that's what it reminds me of. It that's tastes like where... the memory of that candy to you. And that's the exactly. other you're remembering from some time ago. You know, and I, I, I did a series of tastings with some of my coworkers. Like I started collecting whiskey with the idea of like, I'm going to have like a, a tasting party at my house. And then I had children and I learned about this idea of there's like everyday clean and there's like people are coming into my house that don't live here clean, right? Because we live in our house. And I was like, eh, I don't want to do that anymore. Well, then when the pandemic hit, it was like a perfect situation where I could now do the tasting. I just ship the things to the people. And all I have to do is like keep this area clean and no one knows. <laughs> so, you know, we, we would run through tastings and most of my, you know, this is coworkers. Most of them are not into whiskey like this. They're just, yeah. and that's okay, you know, because this is just a fun thing to do. But whenever they would say, I taste banana. It's like, okay, what do you mean by banana? Is it banana runts? Is it artificial banana flavoring? Is it banana pudding? Is it a ripe banana? Is it a old, you know, like a, a green? There's so many different flavors and they mean something different to every human being. And so absolutely, I, I don't care whether it's there or not there. Like that's, that's not what it is. It's what does it remind you of? You tell me the story. It's taking you on a journey because that's what we're here for. Yeah. And that I love that that way that you explain that because I, I've done some you know some whiskey tastings that with with people and my whole the whole concept of when I do a tasting with someone is just to get them to think more deeply about what they're tasting and you you hit it on the head when like you said your friend said banana and then you you went deeper you're like is it this type of flavor banana, like runs. Is it a ripe banana? And getting people to, I think, getting people to think more deeply about what they're tasting instead of just the first thing on the surface mm -hmm. that comes to mind is what's so cool about drinking whiskey with friends or anyone is just I don't know, but I'm a nerd. Like I like to dive deep into these things and like get under the hood and like start messing around with all the the parts and and getting out all the crazy wrenches to deal with all all right. the different things you encounter because it just makes it you have a deeper connection to it when you start thinking about it that way. In my opinion, some people just like to drink it and say it tastes good. Yeah which is totally cool too. It's cool, but it's tough to understand. <laughs> I know, like I'm like, okay, cool. That's cool. And then I go home. I'm like, how can you live like that? You know, it's, it's tough to get. And I, I'm with you. Like, so you said you came through craft beer to this, right? And so craft beer had a very similar thing. And, and I relate mine back to um, a movie came out. I grew up in Kentucky. So bourbon has always been a thing um, just around because that's what it was. But, you know, I was in eighties and nineties and two thousands when it didn't matter, you know, all the way up to about 2001 bourbon didn't matter. But, 
Um, in the early 2000s, a movie came out called Sideways. I don't know if you've ever watched yeah, that. Or yeah, yeah. Uh, great movie. Right. So it started, that was the first time, you know, rural Kentucky myself started thinking about food or drink at a deeper level because he had an, this insatiable passion for Pinot Noir that I didn't understand. So I'm like, okay, I want to dive in. And so I started trying to understand uh, wine. And then my dad started homebrewing. And so now we're trying to understand craft whiskey. And then when the world discovered bourbon, I'm like, finally, this is a thing I can connect with because it's already here in my blood. You know, like this is what we were raised on. Um, you sort of geek out on it, but then yeah, you, you start not understanding when other people don't. Like my wife just drinks. She's like, oh, that's okay. Or no, I don't like that. And it stops there. And I don't, I don't, I don't get that. Yeah. I mean, but that, but it's okay too. Like I get it. Like I know people just want to drink something mm -hmm. that they like and that tastes good for them and they don't give it, they don't care about all these nuances that I might want to, to explore. Or I might want to talk about. Um, and that's totally fine, but I'm saying that's totally fine. Right. It's also totally fine for me and for you to dive deep and to right. like, talk about all these crazy things that we're associating the flavors with based on our, you know, flavor memory. Yeah, and absolutely. both, both ways are fine. Both ways are cool. I'm not criticizing the people who drink it and say, Oh, it's good. And, but you know, a lot of those people feel like they can criticize the person that says they taste right. cedar in a, in a whiskey. You know, and it, it's because they don't think at that level, and that's okay. You're exactly right. They, they're not thinking at that level because they're not attached at that level, and that's okay. But it's almost like they feel like they're they're being left out of something, and so they're going to push back and be like, "Oh well, no, no, you don't. That's not really yeah. cool or whatever." And, and 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 you know, at least from my perspective, it's just all about. It is truly just about what I'm experiencing. And I'm just trying to share that um, with people. And all I can talk about is myself and what I'm trying to convey. And I hope that it's coming across as an authentic portrayal of my experience with whatever I'm posting about. And I get it, like, maybe sometimes it doesn't. And maybe sometimes it's not me and it's a projection of the person reading the post based on something they read right before they got to my post. And now they're saying this guy is an idiot and okay, fine. And for the most part, I let those things roll off my back. There's been a few times where, you know, I wasn't in the mood to receive that type of message and I pushed back on it. And it's just right that one day. Yeah. And it's just like in, in the end, like, and this is, this is pretty much uh if i'm going to give some life advice as well oh my god we're getting this deep in, into this <laughs> like we all take we all take ourselves oh way wow. too seriously hold on in, i gotta get rid of somebody here that... oh i see a lot of uh arabic uh that that hit fast sorry yeah, so it's still in uh, StreamYard, but it's not on youtube i got it oh distract me sorry no, I just feel like a lot of the time we're all just too serious about, yes, you know, insert whatever. And I've, you know, I've start, started to just take the, now we're getting philosophical too, is I just started to take the, the 
outlook on, especially over these last two years, like I've just started to take the outlook like, listen, we're all just doing what we can. We're all just, for the most part, everyone's doing the best that they can. Right. And we're all just trying to enjoy our lives to the best of our ability and to our own life experience. And what the hell else can we expect from anybody else? Like, why do we hold anyone else to any other type of standard that we wouldn't hold ourselves to, you know, like, come on, we, we right. let's just get over ourselves and let's just enjoy what, what we're doing. And okay, fine. I get it. We're not going to like some things that other people are doing, but does that mean you have to troll them or you have to make a nasty comment to them or you have to, you know, make your voice louder than theirs because you didn't agree with whatever it was that they said. Like, I get it. There's some serious things going on and you need to be serious about some things, mm -hmm. but like, come most on. Most of them aren't in the whiskey verse. And most of them aren't even in actual life either. Right. Like we take a lot of, a lot of stuff in actual life way too seriously too, that gets us all caught up in, in, in some, stupid things that just end up detracting from your quality of life. And I, they detract I don't know. They're, they're, I don't know. I, I, I I'm getting philosophical here. No, no, no. You're right. And you know, it's, it, this is, this is going to be a little cliche, but there's, you've seen the movie Van Wilder. Right? Mm -hmm. the, the line in there, like don't take life too seriously because you're never going to get out alive. Right. It, it's it's a one liner that comes out of a just a kind of a ridiculous movie that we all sort of enjoyed at college. But maybe not. I think you're probably younger than me, so maybe you weren't in college at the time. But I was. Um, but there's a lot of truth in that. You know, like we. I, I try not to take myself too seriously on this platform because at the end of the day, this is the thing that I do for fun, right? You you yeah. you've got a creative outlet with Urban Bourbonist. You do have so, you know a, a career portion with Bourbon Charity, which you know you're going to take seriously. You're going to carry that with a certain weight to it. But at the end of the day, um, this isn't paying my bills. And so I'm not going to also let it ruin my day. Yeah. And, and you know what? Like, I don't know. I, I think I'm probably older than you, but oh, no. I, well, I'll say it. I'm 46. Okay. Not too, at 42, 42. Okay. 42. So I, I, I guess mean, that was a question. Like earlier on, I said, if I ask a question you don't want to answer, you can absolutely say no to it. That's probably one that you were like, eh. Sorry. Yeah, I don't care. I mean, I, I honestly, I, I'm at the point in my life. It's not like I'm some old wise person, but I, I feel like I've gotten to the point where, um, I've lived life enough. I've done enough things to understand, like, to just have perspective, and that maybe, but that I know that I didn't have. 10 years ago that I didn't have probably even five years ago. And just I think the, 40 is enough for, for perspective. I think a realistic yeah. 40 is enough for, for perspective because you you've hit midlife at that point. Yeah. And, and it's just like, you get to the point where you realize there was a lot of situations in your life that you took way too seriously. Mm -hmm. You reacted in such a manner that you never would 
today if that same situation came up. And I just, I just feel like that applies to a lot of things these days. And yes, like you mentioned, like I'm going to take bourbon charity seriously. Of course, I'm absolutely like this is a, a, a thing that is important in it's more important than serious. Right. And, but I'm not going to let it like become like we had talked about, like the, the whole aspect of raising money. Like, yes, this is like, it's ultimately the thing that we do, but I can't become consumed with it to the point of like letting it ruin uh, the mission. Right. Okay. So what we didn't, we didn't raise a dollar above last year. Okay. So what, and you said it, you said, but you still raised just a ton of money and you did a lot of really, really good things with what you did. So just having that perspective, like looking at it from like, and it's, it's just part of American life. It's just part of life is like, you're always striving to go beyond what you did before. And if you didn't, then somehow it's perceived as a failure, which is just, completely wrong thinking now that I have like this perspective, like that is not the way to go about looking and evaluating your life or really anything in it because you're then discounting everything else that you did just because you didn't reach one notch above what you did before now everything you did is just for nothing no that's ridiculous like we have to look at those things as separate entities and understand that everything that's happening along the way means something and some arbitrary goal honestly that's what these things are like they're arbitrary goals like you're setting it for yourself which is great like you need to have things that you're that you're trying to achieve but ultimately like what's the point of that goal it's just to meet it and then you met it and you exceeded it and you say you did right what's what's but the if you did it, does that mean that you didn't do something good along the way no yeah, if if the goal is to reach the goal, then you've already missed the mark, especially in in, in charity type work, um, because there's this there's this intangible or immeasurable thing, you know, when you come into the concept of of integrity and in what you're doing, right? So it may be that yeah, you could increase your fundraising by tenfold by doing something slightly dishonest next year. Does that carry forward the brand integrity, the thing that you're trying to build? You smashed your goal but to what degree and it, it's you know it's a it, i think we fall victim to a very much a, a capitalist mentality where you walk in the measure of a publicly traded company is whether they made more money than they did last year but you cannot have that same type of mentality it does need to operate in uh, in the black that's the uh, you know ideal goal because then you are raising money for a charity but if your measure of success is did I raise more than last year? That's not, you know, it's a good goal, but that shouldn't be the primary goal. And that's where we, 
we fall victim in so many different places for that. But you're right. Like goals are arbitrary and we largely make them up ourselves. And if we don't measure, if we don't measure up to them, who have we failed other than ourselves? And it, failure is only how we view it. Exactly. And, and um, I think that's the perspective that, that um, I never had until, you know, fairly recently in life. Like I never thought about things um, that way. And as, as I've, you know, experienced more things and, and, and really honestly, the, the past couple of years have, I think, opened up a lot of people's eyes to their, you know, how they were living their life. Mm-hmm. But, and same for me, but I feel like it's just, we need we need to chill out we need to just yes set those goals try to reach them but don't lose sight of the fact that as you're moving towards that goal you're accomplishing a whole ton of things along the way and if you didn't reach that arbitrary goal it doesn't mean that everything was a failure. Yeah. And, and I, I feel like a lot of what's happened in today's way of life is that that's how it's looked at. Like if you didn't reach the goal, you failed. And that's just false. It's patently false. It's not the way that I want to live. And, and it's not the energy that I want to bring to, you know, things that I'm, involved with or things that are important to me and and that translates to what i'm trying to do with with bourbon charity like i'm i'm trying to move it forward i want it i want it to be bigger and better and that's that's the goal and and we want to impact more more things but then we're doing amazing things along the way and those need to be recognized and and uh, a lot of this is in our own heads too like people from the outside aren't thinking these things about about what we're doing and i'm not talking about bourbon charity i'm talking about our own personal lives too like mm-hmm. people aren't on the outside for the most part like scrutinizing what the hell you're doing right. they're involved in their own goddamn lives and worried about what they're doing they're and they're not worried. at that point yeah they're not worried about your shit right. they're worried about their own and like we're worrying a lot about what other people are thinking too when like honestly they aren't worried about what we're doing right they're not concerned with what we're what we're doing because they're concerned about what they're doing and that's also another perspective that i think i've been i've like gained as well as like it, it i equate it to this like very simply, like you wear the same thing two days in a row, you know you did. Mm-hmm. I will guarantee you go to work wearing the same thing two days in a row. Nobody at your office has any clue that you're wearing the same clothes that mm-hmm. you wore the day before. If they do, it's very, it's absolutely positively rare. And that's right. the same thing with life. Like people aren't scrutinizing your every move so like give yourself some some grace and give yourself a break because 
a lot of what we're doing is comparing ourselves to what we think other people are seeing. Right. You know, you're Man, this is not very philosophical, but <laughs> you know, and, and you know, if you had, and I'll, I'll I'm gonna kind of dovetail off what you said. If you have a coworker that does notice that you wore the same thing two days in a row, you have to start wondering why are they scrutinizing you so deeply? Like what's going on? Is there an unhealthy relationship that's developing there? Like what's going on? And I'll, I'll, I'll add this. Um, when my wife and I first started dating, my, my mother-in-law is a borderline neurotic cleaner. Um, she's very, very, very neat freak. And the first time that I ever visited her house, she like pulled out the washer and dryer and the refrigerator clean behind them. Right. Like I, as a guest would come in and they'd observe behind her appliances, whether it was clean or not, which is a ridiculous notion. But some years down the road, I found out that's how she had been behaving for a long time. So anytime I would go in, I would look behind stuff and be like, Oh, I found some dust. And she'd be like, why are you doing that? Like, Cause no one does that. Don't like, that's an, impossible measure to try to live up to no one should ever treat themselves that way um and you're exactly right like it's just a super super unrealistic version of yourself that you should not hold yourself to yeah and i get it we all fall into the trap you know throughout the the course of a day or a year or a week or years or whatever it might be and I'm not trying to be like some some person that says they know everything about everything or how to how to live life because I certainly don't. I only know how to go about it like it, it, based on my life experience, and I can offer my perspective and my advice and on, but it's solely based on my personal experience. So again, take that for what it's worth. Like. I can tell you I've lived this particular way or this particular life, and this has been my experience that's helped me, mm -hmm. and it might not help you. But, you know, if you, and again, this goes back to like a, a, a personal friend or, or someone that you trust, like me telling you, if you've known me for a long time, like this is my experience in this particular situation that you're now experiencing, this may help you. And, um, you know, it may or may not, but, um, all I can do is speak to, is speak to, to my life, to my experience, to what I'm drinking, to, and, and how that's affecting me and my palate. And I think that's all anybody can do. And if we can all just accept everyone else for, for what they think and what they, what they experience, then we'd all be much better off. But uh, that's that's also tough as well. You're absolutely right. Yeah, it's it, we we have things we can share. People can take it or leave it. Um, as long as we're as truthful to what we're saying as we possibly can be, that's that's all. That's that's the measure of success at that point. Absolutely, and you know, there's. There's people that I absolutely positively disagree with on so many different things on so many different levels, but ultimately, like, what good is it doing me to get so upset about their viewpoint? And I understand there's a lot of things that are very important that have a very strong viewpoint 
one way or the other, and one of the those viewpoints is probably the better way than the other. Mm-hmm. But um, to eat yourself up over it, and, and I'm not saying to just skate through life like going, oh, I can't do anything about anything, mm-hmm. but not taking things so personally. Yeah. You know, like everything is not about you. Everything isn't so personal to you. Yes, there's important things that, yeah, you need to 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 fight for. You need to mm-hmm. advocate for. Um, but you also don't need to kill yourself over someone else's opinion of that particular thing. Just focus your energy in your own direction to try to accomplish what whatever it is that you want to while not also consuming yourself with the other side of it that you don't disagree that you disagree with it's like don't let that consume you i don't know that's a lot of words that probably didn't mean anything no no no, no. You're, you're right now, what, what you're getting at here is that i think um for me like you end up on the opposite side of an argument of somebody for something that is actually important you know, social justice, whatever, you know, human rights, any number of those things. I think what you're getting at and maybe what I what I know I believe is we have to be able to get to the point to where we can understand a person got to their viewpoint somehow. Their their series, of course, uh, the, the, their life pushed them in a direction that led them to believe the thing that they believe. And until we can understand how we got there, there's no way we can do anything aside from yell into the void to try to get them to change their mind. Because um, very rarely, I mean, you've probably had a number of arguments in your life. How many times is an argument with another person about something political or religious or whatever else actually changed the other person's mind? Very, very rarely. The only time I've ever seen movement in those type of conversations is whenever it's come from a place of trying to understand where that person came from and how they got to that point and breaking down that transition and pointing out where the broken part happened, right? That they're getting to an incorrect assumption that, you know, we all societally agree is incorrect. There's a way to get there. I mean, and there's, that's what therapists are for and psychiatrists, psychologists, and I'm none of those things, but to a smaller degree, we can, you know, I hate to use it because it's like church terms, but we can give people a degree of grace and understanding they got to a place somehow, whether it is wrong or not, they got there through their life events. And the only way we can get them to change their mind is understanding that and having real conversations and not just arguments. Yeah. And, um, it's hard. It's all, it's all very, very difficult. It's all, as we've all experienced living, living here in the U S like it's all, it's hard. It's it's difficult. There's a lot of, there's a lot of things going on and, um, there's a lot of disagreement, but, I just try to, you know, just going back to the whole idea of what's what's happening on social media and what's happening for me personally and with with the charity is I just try to be as, as authentic as possible mm-hmm. and you know communicate as as transparently as as possible and then you know that's that's it that's all that's that's all I can do and and um, I accept the fact that 
there's going to be plenty of people that don't like that. And what can I do? You know, if, if that's, if that's how they want to approach whatever I'm doing, then, okay, fine. Like I have, I, I've gotten to the point where I'm just not going to let that right. stuff. You're not going to change yourself and you can just move on. You, you have two options. You either change yourself or you move on from it. And so you can just move on from it. Exactly. Exactly. So we've been running for two hours now, beyond two hours at this point. Um, <laughs> I have a couple other questions. None of them are super pressing. Um, the only thing I did have, are there any specific brand partners that we didn't discuss, anybody that you're working with at Bourbon Cherry that we did not discuss tonight that you want to specifically call out, draw attention to, talk about whatever? We ran through all the charities you're giving to. Um, anything else that we missed on? Um no we don't have any announcements right now in terms so we're working on some sponsorships and things for our uh fundraisers this year right now we don't have anything set just yet that we can really announce and say yeah this is a partner of ours for 2022 we have a lot of things close to that point but not that we can that we can say like yeah this is a sponsor this is someone that's uh sponsoring this particular event for us um so nothing nothing on that front just yet but you will see some things coming here in the next uh this month probably in the month of february we'll probably have some cool things to to announce hopefully and um so I would just encourage everyone out there to follow us on social media. We're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter at Bourbon Charity in all of those places. Um, and just please, uh, you know, if you can donate a bottle our way, uh, join, join Bourbon Hood. If you can't do either of those things, just be an advocate for for the charity and and spread the word when you uh, see us post something, when you see that we're doing a fundraiser, tell people about it. I mean, honestly, we talked about this. That's massive for us. It's really, really big when uh, a supporter tells somebody else or two or three other people about us. All right. Um, let me see. I think that that's got everything that I wanted to talk about. Um, I assume you don't have anything left, so I'm going to go ahead and close it because we have been running for two hours. And yeah. I, I'll tell you, I, I, today was a perfect storm. Um, they brought in, I have a team that works with me that um, are all relatively new. And so we brought in a company that's doing a presentation skills class. So I spent eight hours of uh, Zoom time today just oh, oh, oh. On presenting. And so I have a degree of presentation fatigue that's starting to set in at this point in time. So. <laughs> I appreciate you for sticking with me on this. Um, I've got another eight hours of it tomorrow, so I get to do it all over again. Oh, and boy. This is fantastic. Um, it's been an absolute, absolute pleasure, pleasure to have you on here with me tonight. For anyone that sees this, there's going to be links that are going to be in the um, in the video, the, the description on YouTube. Go send some money to these guys. Absolutely send some money. Go join Bourbon Hood, participate in a, a sweepstakes, do whatever else. Um, if you're on the fence and you don't participate in a uh, sweepstakes or bourbon hood bottle share any of those things at least share the good notes share the good news what they're doing 
is um, a positive impact in the community and it's evident what they're doing is great. So thanks for joining me tonight or today or whenever you happen to be catching this. Um, I hope you found this episode entertaining. If you did, please leave me a review on whatever platform you have um, to be consuming this on. Leave a comment if possible. Hit me up on social media, um, Twitter, Instagram, all using EmbellishPod and keep up with what's going on. Um, I will be back on Wednesday night again with another interview. So I have two this week. One was uh, with Chris here from Bourbon Charity, and then I'll have Alan Bishop from French Lick Spirits on Wednesday night, which is going to be a completely different type of conversation, I have a feeling, but I have a feeling. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, there's going to be some probably philosophical conversation there as well, but it may be slightly different. So um, if you have anything else to share, Chris, go ahead and do it, and then we'll close it out from there. Just uh, follow Bourbon Charity on social media at Bourbon Charity, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and bourboncharity.org. And John, thank you so much for listening to me go on and on and on with so many words tonight. I really appreciate it. I mean, I appreciate you providing the platform and allowing me to uh, talk about Bourbon Charity and all of the tangents we went on. Thank you very, very much. I enjoyed it. Absolutely. I appreciate you coming on. Thank you so, so very much.